That's good because I look like shit today. <laughs> All right, take two, guys. Apologies. Um, yeah, we're not filming today. We're not putting this to YouTube because Faye just said she looks like shit. I also do as well. <laughs> this is the beauty of doing podcasts. <laughs> so just a little of a a little bit of a back track. Like two days ago, I think it was, we tried to film this episode. Not film record this episode we got 20 minutes in and it was amazing and it was so good we were on such a roll it was like we were like you know we'd taken our brain drugs or whatever our nootropics that day you know three coffees or four coffees <laughs> um but you know let's hope that we can do that episode justice you know it was just a trial run we'll look at it as a trial run yeah and we'll say that, you know, this one is going to be even more epic. And we'll let you know at the end whether we think it is or not. <laughs> anyway, today we are speaking about perimenopause. Perimenopause is module six in the upcoming menstrual cycle course, which is starting on Monday. Mm-hmm. So very, very excited for that. Um, Faye, question for you. Go for it. I always interview you anyway. So I was like... <laughs> Actually, you interviewed me last time. Um, I don't think I did, did I? For the training. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, perimenopause. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Let's start from the start. I think we just dived into it last time because yeah. I was like talking about all this stuff. But we'll we'll structure it. Mm-hmm. What is perimenopause? What is menopause? What is the I guess not myths but like the thoughts around like what menopause actually is yeah what's actually happening with the hormones what's going on and then um yeah we'll, we'll dive in from there yeah i think it's like your period there's a lot of doom and gloom around um perimenopause and menopause like again it's kind of said to us that we're going to go through this time in our life where it's going to be hard we're going to gain weight we're going to have hot flushes And it's a sign of, you know, we're old. Mm. (laughs) So that's kind of that part where society is telling us this. And it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. Yes, we're going through these changes, but um, there are certain things that we can do to help mitigate some of these changes or at least make them more comfortable. But perimenopause is the main kind of the main thing that's happening and that can happen for up to 12 years. So it there's different within this perimenopause timeframe, there's different kind of um, parts of perimenopause. So it can start off with just, um, you know, at the, at the very start of when you start to enter perimenopause, there aren't very many signs and symptoms. I'll take, I'll use myself as an example. So I'm 37 coming up to 37 And I can see a little bit of a change in my cycle. Um, It's getting a little bit shorter, the luteal phase. And my, when I get my blood work done, my progesterone is a little bit lower compared to what it would have been about five years ago. Mm -hmm. That's normal, but there are things that I can do to mitigate that. So um, I can, you know, take some vitamins like Vitex to help with uh, ovulation, to help with progesterone, making sure that I'm staying on top of my stress management making sure that, you know, I'm looking after my gut, that kind of stuff, making sure that I'm, I keep working out, all, all those things. Yeah. And then as we kind of get past that, or that can happen for a couple of years and there's no signs or symptoms, we can then start to experience more um, anovulatory cycles, which means we don't ovulate every cycle or we, we start to have more 
um, more of these anovulatory cycles. And this is where we can start to see an imbalance and this is where we can start to see uh, some symptoms like hot flushes, like weight gain, like um, uh, there's lots of different things like uh, gut issues as well. Um, because what happens is we see this kind of decline of progesterone and then we see this kind of roller coaster of estrogen and then we have like estrogen dominance. So this time in perimenopause is very similar to a time if a woman was uh, in her reproductive years, but she's experiencing estrogen dominance because mm-hmm. she's not ovulating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we go on, we then start to have irregular cycles where we don't have a cycle at all. And then after that, it's like we have to go 12 months without a cycle to be classified as menopause. And menopause is just a day. It's a time, you know. That a, day. That, that day. 12-month anniversary, <laughs> yeah, no period. Tw- yeah, no period. Party! And then after that, it's post-menopause. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and then through this time, we're seeing a roller coaster of estrogen and then the decline of progesterone in perimenopause. Then as we're nearing uh, menopause, we start to see a decline in both estrogen and progesterone. And then, sorry, estrogen as well as progesterone. And then once we're post-menopause, you know, estrogen and and progesterone are pretty much flatlined. Pretty much flatlined. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, can I just say, don't even look 37. (laughs) Coming up to 37. Well, I mean, you're not. Yeah. I don't act like it. You're 36. (laughs) But nearly amazing, looking amazing. Um, second of all, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate um, that that menopause or that perimenopause stage kind of being like, like I think you said like the second puberty where there's mm. like a lot of different hormonal changes going on. And we think of, you know, when we speak about menopause, it is, it's another stage of life yeah. for a woman. Like we have a lot of different stages of life. It is, is quite crazy if you think about it. Like, you know, first of all, we go through puberty. Then, you know, we have changes in our body happening sort of through early adolescence. You know, maybe into our adult years, we're getting pregnant. We're seeing changes in our body composition and, and our bodies then you know, postpartum, we're seeing changes, like it's a, it's a life stage as well. And then we have also perimenopause Mm -hmm. and menopause. So it's just another stage Mm -hmm. of life for a woman that a woman goes through. And, you know, often there is like stigma around, um, you know, the changes that are sort of occurring in a woman, but we need to kind of, I guess, normalize it in society a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, celebrate, um, celebrate it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this big thing. I've worked with a lot of clients as well that are just, you know, very, I guess, caught up in their heads about, um, you know, not wanting to gain weight and like the changes in body composition that they're sort of seeing, you know, with that, that decline in estrogen, you know, losing muscle mass and gaining Mm -hmm. body fat and um, all those sorts of things as well. Um, And yeah, like you said, it it doesn't have to be that. And, and, you know, sometimes as well, women go through, you know, those symptoms that you were talking about, but there are things, like you said, that we can do to sort of mitigate, Mm -hmm. um, mitigate a lot of those signs and symptoms like, you know, this, this, changes in body composition as well and I want to get this to I want to get to this a little bit later talking about like the decline in progesterone and like the the decline in 
cognitive effects that we mm-hmm. see. So like um, with with um, de- decreases in cognition and memory loss and mm-hmm. Alzheimer's dementia with women, but we'll sort of stick to, I guess, um, the symptoms and the, the yep. issues with body composition first. And then we'll sort of talk a little bit more about like training and nutrition and how we can sort of help make that transition a little bit smoother for women and you know as coaches how we can support them and then yeah i'd love to sort of talk like dive a little bit deeper into you know those those um cognitive declines that we can sort of see and and maybe touch a little bit on hrt and what you think Mm -hmm. like whether you think it's beneficial whether it's um you know something that's used or not used like not a a lot of people hear about it but Mm -hmm. um um can be a way to sort of like mitigate these negative effects but then weighing up the pros and cons of those as well yeah yeah so so yeah we're sort of seeing that that transition phase where like you said before we're starting to see changes in cycle length we're starting to see that decline in progesterone that roller coaster of estrogen sort of more towards like the early perimenopausal phase Mm -hmm. um yeah, phase. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, during this time, we sort of spoke about the signs and symptoms, but what can a coach do to help guide them through that early perimenopausal phase when we see, you know, that the roller coaster deep. of estrogen and then sort of late, more sort of late towards perimenopause when we're seeing like lower estrogen progesterone, mm-hmm. but androgens may still be higher or elevated mm-hmm. a little bit for a few years yep. as well before we sort of see that testosterone drop and um yeah i guess how can we you know integrate or um the considerations we can make with training and nutrition through both of those different phases and then again post-menopausal yeah. yeah so yeah i think the main thing is and i'll just back it up a little bit how someone how a woman is experiencing her menstrual cycle while she's young will be a good indication of how she's going to experience perimenopause. So there's that component. But then there's also the component of look at, ask your mum how they also experience perimenopause. Because yep. there's a hereditary um, there's a hereditary part of it, but there's also, if you had menstrual cycle dysfunction when you were in your primary productive years, you're probably going to experience shit ton in perimenopause. <laughs> and this is why I say like, get on top of it now while you're young because um yeah you want to ha- have an easy transition into perimenopause yeah we don't think about these things no i don't. had no idea what was going on when my mom was going through menopause she's like i'm just having these hot flushes like yeah. all the time yeah. yeah and it's yeah it's it's crazy but um yeah so get on top of it while you're young um and also start resistance training when you're young I think I said this when we when we were recording but um like build I always think about I always look at it as resistance training as not only building a like building a base for life really Mm. especially for women because as our estrogen declines we start to lose uh, lean muscle mass Mm -hmm. it can impact our bone density as well but strength training can mitigate this and so my mum has osteoporosis and she never did strength training. She was a swimmer mm-hmm. and she did walking and swimming's probably the worst thing you can do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, you need that impact, you, that gravity. Yeah, yeah. You need resistance the training. Remodeling. Yeah. And that looks different for everyone. It doesn't mean that you have to squat bench and deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to, you know, incorporate resistance training. 
that doesn't mean that if you are going through perimenopause that you can't start now. Like, you know, there's there's no such thing as starting too late. So um, strength training is going to be uh, good for a woman going through perimenopause. Depending on her, her symptoms that she's experiencing, you wouldn't want to be incorporating things that are stressful on the body like hit and I think a lot of women tend to gravitate towards hit when they're trying to lose weight I think there's still that that thing around like burning calories yeah <laughs> so um and but hits really stressful on the body and so you've got to be in a pretty good especially for a woman you know mm. considering muscle fiber type distribution we do tend to be more suited towards um endurance type training which yeah. we spoke about in the AWPD course too yeah yeah, definitely. And so um, that's not to say that HIT isn't is a bad thing later on down the track. And mm. we'll talk about plyometric and stuff like that. How that can help with um, with training and building muscle mass when we when we decrease when we see that decrease in E two. So that's like the training side of things. Um, and you know, it does get a lot harder to build muscle as we get older. It's just. It's just a part of our life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so start young, but still you can start it. Get jacked. Yeah, get jacked. <laughs> thick I'm girl all forgetting summer. jacked. <laughs> Hashtag thick girl summer. Yeah, it is a thick girl summer over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and as far as nutrition goes, again, it comes down to the individual. But when a woman is going through perimenopause and she's getting those peaks and troughs of estrogen, She's going to be more uh, susceptible to insulin resistance, which is causes that middle age spread. I don't know if you've ever heard that mm-hmm. term. Like you get like weight gain around the midsection and on the arms, like you know the tuck shop arms. <laughs> um, so like that's a sign that there's there's insulin resistance, and you may need to play around with carbohydrates a little bit. But also understanding that in this time, a woman still needs carbohydrates for her central nervous system, especially if she's under stress while going through perimenopause, because it is a stressful time in a woman's life. So it's like timing of carbohydrates as well as um, what type of carbohydrate she consumes. Kind of the same as if a woman has PCOS, you know mm. how we speak about like carbohydrate timing yeah, and I'm hearing when, similarities. Yeah, there's a similarity to that as well. Um and then making sure she's getting adequate amount of protein. So as we get older, we become, we don't tolerate carbohydrates as well. And we need to up our protein to, uh, you know, keep hold of our, our muscle, lean muscle, lean muscle yeah. mass. Um, and because we don't, we don't utilize the carbohydrates as well. Yeah. Um, that's not to say again, you don't go like no carbs <laughs> it's yeah. just um and it depends on the woman's output as well and how much exercise she's doing yeah. but general rule of thumb like you can you can start to decrease your carbohydrates as you get older yeah we could have that uh debate i guess i mean not you and i but like <laughs> us against the world nah i'm <laughs> just joking um you know we're seeing we're seeing world. on instagram a lot uh do this diet for PCOS Uh, or do this diet for PCOS. Well, how about you just like look at your client and see what fits them best? Like, you know, one, not one size fits all approach. Yeah. Yeah, Like Instagram's hard for that because I get, I understand why people do it. They're trying to get followers and they're trying to, um, they're trying to educate people, but there's no like, 
it's the same with training. It's the same with nutrition at any point in your life. Like there's no one size fits all. We have to learn how to treat the individual because keto might really work for someone. Yeah. And as a coach, you've got to have tools in your toolbox mm. to be able to use them and know when to use them. Mm. Um, and don't get like tunnel vision. Yeah. And don't let your beliefs impact your client. I think yeah. that's such a big thing. Like I see coaches and their beliefs and they're pushing it onto their clients mm. and it infuriates me. Yeah, <laughs> context is everything. I used to do the same thing. Like I used to be in like a um, really strength-based training facility where mm-hmm. it was like no cardio, mm-hmm. no cardio whatsoever. Like don't even walk. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you'll lose your strength gains yeah um but like you know now i'm i realize like obviously and growing up as well it's like you know cardiovascular fitness is very very important yeah like don't for health. it <laughs> yeah, yeah for health yeah 100 percent um yeah and it's it's not even just like you know sometimes oh, i see some of these things and i'm like sometimes it's just i might have said this on another podcast i've definitely said it before but sometimes it's people just wanting to be controversial and to pick a fight and to go against the grain Mm -hmm. like do keto no no don't do keto like Mm -hmm. do this and don't do that and it was like i found this study that said um you can find a study for anything we we spoke about this the last time this was a big yeah like um, I saw someone being like finding one study that disputed like everything everyone's mm. ever known. And I'm like, they circled the heading of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this tells me nothing. Mm-hmm. It tells me that someone did a study mm-hmm. to find this thing. Um, and, you know, likely, you know, maybe they were able to prove their point of view or whatever, mm-hmm. like their hypothesis was, but show me the strength of the study, show me what methods they use, show me the population that they did it on. Was it randomized controlled? Um, was it randomized controlled study? Was it, was there double blinding? Like all these things that make the strength of a study. Like don't just show me the heading and say, (laughs) look, I found something that goes against everything anyone's ever done in any, any other study. Yeah. Like, you know, who was the population? Yeah. It's just, Yeah. It yeah. gets it gets messy out it do, there. It gets noisy. So it does yeah, get noisy. Context is everything, and you'll always hear me say it depends. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you know, I could give you a reason for and against anything. Yeah, really, like Definitely. you know, yeah, even fucking clams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In this case, yeah, yeah, a clam might be useful. Yeah, and it goes the same with someone who's got perimenopause like is going through perimenopause like a lot of women if they've had underlying gut health issues again when they're younger and now they're going into their um into the into perimenopause and menopause their gut is going to be even more compromised because we have the decrease of estrogen and progesterone estrogen impacts our immune system as well so you know, more uh, more women are more susceptible to things like histamine intolerance and um, <sighs> leaky gut and things like that. So it's, yeah, it, you definitely have to treat the person mm. and understand their history as well and, yeah. Mm. Can we please, we, we said this, I can't remember if it was on a live or whether it was on um, the podcast last time, which we didn't record, 
But can we please go into the whole um, debate or whatever whatever we were sort of talking about around um, – it was something to do with, with society and women and them being postmenopausal. We were like, we'll leave this for another time. <laughs> but you know what? On the podcast, we can talk about anything because – you know, I, I try or I tend to be quite diplomatic on social mm-hmm. media and not try to be too controversial um, or polarizing because, it, you know, I do want to help people. And I, but I think here, like this is like the secret AWPT community. If you guys are <laughs> listening to this podcast, like you're in, like yeah. you're in the community. So we can we can really talk about anything. Yeah, let's talk so about like, it. So f- like feel free to let fly, <laughs> go on a rant. Like I'm happy. Like, I won't say it on socials because, like, people can hear, but yeah, those people probably aren't listening to this podcast. <laughs> I love it. Do you remember um, what it was? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. And Go it's something Faye. I'm very passionate about Go as well. Faye. Oh, my gosh. She's <laughs> just always so calm and so subdued. I, I, like, sometimes I see these, like, little glints of, like, when she gets angry or she's passionate about something, I'm like, yeah, girl. Like, yeah. I guess it stems back to body image and um, – and if someone is battling again with body image and they're young, get on top of that, like your your mindset around your body and because you go through all these changes in your life like we've spoken about and we go through a death and a rebirth multiple times in a woman's life. We go from maiden to mother to crone and that's that young girl into being a mother into being this menopausal women woman who has all this wisdom Mm -hmm. and that's no longer celebrated it's like society and social media has pushed the kind of older woman aside and it's like you don't you don't see older women in magazines or you don't see older women you know on kind of like social media being celebrated or anything like that it's all very much like have like stay as young as possible and look mm. as young as possible and do all this stuff like and I've got nothing against Botox and fillers and boob jobs and things like that but it is giving us this warped perception of how you know we have to stay as young look as young as possible for as long as possible and I think that can be really unhealthy I think I saw a photo. Was it Cameron Diaz? Did you see? It? Oh, I Cameron did see Diaz that, and, and um, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah. And they they haven't had I anything any work done. done. No, so, yeah. they haven't had any work done. Yeah, wow. they look. Yeah, yeah and it was just cool. refreshing. Like, yeah. it was really refreshing. I've got nothing. Like I said, nothing wrong. It is your body, but please do it for the right reasons. Yeah. And um, this comes with with perimenopause and menopause as well like this part of our life isn't celebrated and it should be like I said it's a death and a rebirth you're and there's a grieving that comes with it as well like I look I always think about like I'm going to grieve the loss of my menstrual cycle because Mm -hmm. it means that that I'm going into another part of my life Mm -hmm. and I think about that all the time and back in the days they used to have like uh, women's circles where they would celebrate the older woman because she has all she brings all this wisdom and yeah, um, yeah I think that needs to um, be celebrated again more yeah. I think that's what I is that, yeah I was talking about yeah. that and just um, yeah I don't know like when as a client this is going a little bit into mindset and stuff like that but as a coach this is something I'm definitely interested in is 
how is the woman feeling about going through perimenopause and menopause? Because there can be that grieving aspect to it. Does, does she feel like her body's breaking down and she's falling apart and, you know, like she's saying goodbye to this this old person, the older person, like, you know, different yeah. person. So it's like becoming a mother. Like I remember when if I knew what I knew now about becoming a mother and kind of grieving that old me, I never grieved it and that kind of caused a whole heap of issues <laughs> but I never grieved it properly because I didn't have the tools back then yeah but it's like again it's that death and rebirth you're going from this maiden to now becoming this this mother so yeah it's yeah, yeah it's, it's almost like yeah like almost like a different identity but not like it's not your identity it's mm. a part of your identity mm. kind of thing mm-hmm. like you are who you are and just because, you know, these changes happen, you're still you. Mm-hmm. You'll always still have you. It's just like there are certain times in your life where certain parts of you are going to be more prominent or, mm-hmm. or what's the, whatever the word I'm trying to look for is. Um, but, yeah, I love that. That was actually yeah. really beautiful and something that, like, yeah, I haven't even thought about or considered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just... Um, I think we need to honor the different uh, cycles of a woman's life as well as the cycle, the menstrual cycle. Like I talk about honoring the menstrual cycle. Let's honor the cycle of a woman's life. And I believe that it begins with younger girls. Mm. I honestly believe that connecting to your menstrual cycle at a younger age can be the gateway to having better self-love and Mm self-care for yourself because it's so... There's a lot of shame around the menstrual cycle when we're younger, and I believe that bleeds into um, like self-love issues. If that did makes sense. Did you just sense. say bleeds? Yeah, into? I did. What Pun a good not indebted. One. I, that, that didn't go unnoticed. That was excellent. Yeah, that was excellent. Um, yeah, no, I've definitely experienced it with yeah clients um, that I've had where there is also a lot of harshness on themselves or Mm -hmm. like like pre like putting themselves under pressure like am I ever going like my skin is starting to sag am Mm -hmm. I ever gonna be able to you know get my plump skin back again and Mm -hmm. you know again like you know same thing with women who are postpartum it's like that that tummy skin you know yeah it's been stretched and and having stretch marks on the stomach or a cesarean scar or something Mm -hmm. like that like yeah more acceptance Mm -hmm. Um, I think is yeah, yeah like it's like your your stretch marks with pregnancy it tells a story same mm. with your wrinkles like they tell a story mm. like you've been through so much in your life and yeah I just yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong like I always think oh I could do with a little bit of a lift here and a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um yeah I'm, and I've got nothing wrong with it but for me like personally my values I'm like I'm trying not to go down that route because I want to be an example for other women to be okay with getting older, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, it's fine for guys, right? Well, guys get, like, worshipped when, as they get older. You know, like, the silver fox. The silver fox. <laughs> yeah. That's another story. <laughs> That's a story for another time. Yeah. Like, they just, yeah. 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 Different story The mature man. Yeah. Because that, yeah, they're not mm. like a like a young fuck boy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So anyway, I believe that yeah, women should be celebrated as they get older yeah. more. So 
Yeah. yeah love that. Mm. A little bit of a tangent. But we actually lo- touch a little bit on it in the, the course, actually, like the emotional aspect of getting older and going through perimenopause. So, yeah. yeah, really, really important. And like you said, like starting that from a younger age as mm. well, like, you know, I think you're sort of talking about, you know, as you are getting older, like there is, you know, more wisdom and, and that's something that needs to be respected as well. And, you know, I think um, we were speaking about, you know, a bit, it being underrated, I guess, or, or like seeing you know people like of influence and celebrities and like that like Cameron Diaz Drew Drew Barrymore sort of embracing that Mm -hmm. yeah um and not trying to fight it same I think as well like when we're younger with the body image thing we can kind of relate it back to you know the pressures of like trying to look super shredded Mm. and be super lean like underrated is just eating at maintenance Mm -hmm. and eating normally Mm -hmm. and being healthy and being healthy rather than trying to fight our bodies constantly it's exhausting yeah by the time you get to that you know you probably you probably look older because you're stressing about getting older which makes you <laughs> causes more wrinkles and more gray hairs but being, like being lean and eating in a calorie deficit makes you look older do you know what i mean yeah, like constantly and your face in a little bit yeah like yeah yeah like there's real um there's i guess like health is a feeling it's not like a look mm. and i think we've kind of instagram we can thank instagram for this but everyone associates or a lot of women associate looking healthy with having a six-pack or being super lean when yeah. i can tell you from experience from the women that i work with being lean is most of the time not healthy mm. yeah or super lean anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or like as well like everybody has a different set range that Mm -hmm. is healthy for them like you know for example like I don't have like I'm not super low body fat and lean but I will maintain like a little bit of ab definition even if I am heavier myself Mm -hmm. that's just how my body fat distribution is um and as well, like, you know, some people can be healthy with that look. And, and again, a lot of others aren't necessarily, mm-hmm. um, as well as like the other end of the spectrum, like someone who's overweight, like is not necessarily healthy. So we're not saying like, you know, be overweight, but health is going to look different, different. Mm-hmm. on a lot of different people. And yeah. and yeah, there is no like one size fits all. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Super important. So anyway, back to perimenopause. <laughs> Um, where were we? So we've sort of spoken about the, um, yeah, the training considerations, what's happening with Mm -hmm. the hormones, um, and sort of how we as coaches can help support our clients through this time, you know, with their training. So upping the, um, like, or, or getting into resistance training at least. And then, you know, the changes we can make to diet and making sure that they're getting enough is there um and then also the mindset things is there anything else that you sort of want to touch on in terms of what you think is important for people to know anything else we sort of touch on in the course i think if anyone is wondering whether they uh, are going through perimenopause or not like blood work is definitely somewhere to start and your blood work um will tell you if you're you're going through perimenopause 
Um, if you're on, just a question, sorry. Mm-hmm. If you're on hormonal contraception, will that be relevant? You won't know. Yeah. That, this is a hard thing. I've got women that have come to me that are like nearing like 45 and they're still on birth control. You won't know. You mm. won't know until you come off. Like that's, that's a scary thing as well because when you're coming off, not only are you going to be dealing with potentially the damage that the pill has done, and I'm not saying that this is for everyone, but mm. it may be for some, the damage that the pill has done to your hormones, you may be dealing with kind of perimenopause on top of that as well. So it's like a... It's a shitstorm. <laughs> a combined effect. Yeah, yeah. It, um, yeah. Who knows what like could be happening. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so making sure that, yeah, we're connecting to our natural hormones and our natural cycle well before those mm-hmm. years. So I guess... Um, you wanted to talk about hormone replacement therapy. I was just well, about but... to, yeah, I was just about to, to head there. Like um, we started chatting about uh, the options for hormone replacement therapy. So I guess, you know, if someone has had children mm-hmm. and they they don't want to have any more children i guess what would you suggest is potentially their best option for or like the considerations for which option to choose um in terms of like not wanting to get pregnant again because as well like hysterectomy is something that mm-hmm. um and is another topic of conversation going through surgical menopause mm-hmm. where either part or all of the reproductive organs are taken out um we could even think of, of that as like a another birth control and mm-hmm. you know oftentimes i think post hysterectomy that's when hrt is often recommended or suggested but you know is it something that just going through the normal menopause um sorry perimenopause stage or being postmenopausal is that something that we should look into as well or like we said do we just embrace this part of our lives because we do know that there are some health things health markers that may take a dip mm-hmm. postmenopausally in women. Like we see, you know, with that loss of estrogen progesterone, we do see like increases in cardiovascular disease risk mm-hmm. and osteoporosis and sarcopenia. And um, like we were talking about before, like Alzheimer's dementia, like mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on? Yeah. I think hormone replacement therapy has its place and it's not like the old days where like, it was really shitty hormone replacement therapy. It was like, like horse estrogen or something like that. Like it was not good. And, um, yeah, but it has evolved a lot more now. And, um, I would look at getting, uh, finding a good doctor. Like this is just my opinion. I am not a doctor. Um, but using bioidentical hormones as well. So, um, progesterone and estrogen so when I say bioidentical it's like the same as what your body produces mm-hmm. rather than like a progestin or a, a an estrogen that's not not the same um, so bioidentical hormones making sure that you're not just taking estrogen especially if you have estrogen dominant symptoms because that is going to cause more issues like I've seen it a lot um I saw I I dealt with a client who had estrogen dominance this is before she came to me then she started to put the patches on which were estrogen and her hot flushes and night sweats and all of that just got even worse um brain fog um so yeah she didn't have 
um, progesterone as well. So finding someone who knows what they're doing and knows what they're talking about um, when it comes to when it comes to um, HRT. Mm-hmm. Um, Lara Bryden does some good stuff on HRT. Like she's a good source to um, look at and research. Like she's got a she's got a book on it, and it can give you some tools to look into a little bit more if that's an avenue that you want to look into. As a coach, it might be helpful to understand, and we do touch on a little bit on the course. But as a coach, like it's not your job to go, I think you should do X, yeah. Y, Z when it comes to hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Same with birth control. Like we yeah. don't want to be like saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't be on, on hormonal contraception um, because we don't want any unwanted pregnancies. Yeah. And like yeah. I'm not a massive fan of uh, birth control, but and like fertility awareness method is like my favorite method and one that I've used and one that a lot of most all of my clients use. Yeah. Um, but I understand that it's not it's for a, everyone. And like, it doesn't work 100% of the time. 100%. As like, because well, I have it's, friends who have done that. Yeah, it's, u- it's the user. If the user's not like it's anything just in life, be like, yeah. just it's a it's a risk. Everything comes with a risk. Mm-hmm. Like the pull out method comes with a risk. Mm. Fam comes with a uh, a risk. Yeah. Um, did I say myth before? I meant risk. No, risk. <laughs> um, a risk. Like the pill comes with risks. Yeah. Like all of the condoms choose come with risk. risk. Like yeah, it's yeah. like choose your risk and yeah, like understand that there is consequences that come with, and also, fertility awareness method and hormonal birth control don't stop you from getting sexually transmitted diseases either so that's another thing that you need to take into consideration yeah 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 so just weigh up your (laughs) options and and yeah i think that's something that you know definitely just educating yourself Mm -hmm. like as a coach like educating yourself on all these different methods you know you can advise but obviously not well probably not advise but you can you know educate yourself and sort of know the differences and know the the questions to ask or even like inform your client on Mm -hmm. the questions to ask their doctor so that they are equipped with both sides of the story because oftentimes you know in the medical side of things you know it's often you're pushed towards some sort of pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. drug as well so just knowing the other side of the story um and knowing you know what your options are, I think yeah. is really important. And that's, you know, basically like what we're sort of teaching. Yeah. Cause just on that as well, like perimenopause, it's similar to when a young girl is having irregular cycles. Um, some doctors will put you on the pill to reg- like make your cycle regular when you're going through perimenopause, Quarter which we quarter. know is not what's happening. So yeah, yeah I would definitely don't recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a hard no yeah that's a hard no yeah um but yeah yeah cool Anything all right else? i think we touched on most things there if you guys have any questions um you know feel free to ask us instagram at faye sheridan or at cycle sisters or um at kaylee physio at awpt university and um yeah if you enjoyed this episode please like wait i don't know if you can like subscribe share i'm learning all this podcast (laughs) lingo
Yeah. Um, yeah. Screenshot, share on Insty. Um, love to, yeah, basically just get the word out there that, um, you know, this is something that is really important for, you know, all females, but also male, like mm-hmm. males, male coaches to sort of know, you know, what's sort of going on with your client and then how you can support them through that, that period of time. Because, you know, you might be their, like, like their first point of contact or you might be someone that can help, you know, change their lives and, and make that transition like a little bit easier with the awareness of, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on with everything like that. So definitely hope you enjoyed this episode. We loved bringing it to you. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in signing up for the menstrual cycle course, we are starting on Monday. You know, if you're listening to this at a later period of time, you know, keep up to date on the AWPT Facebook page, Instagram page, um, website of when that next one is coming up. Yep. Can't wait.